All right, so playoff hockey here in New York. Playoff hockey for the Rangers is nearly upon us now after an, an uh, mostly up-and-down regular season with a very, very strong finish um, pre-Olympic and, and, for the most part, post-Olympic break. The Rangers find themselves with the second seed in the Metropolitan Division. They'll host the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round. Uh, they got games uh, one and two at home, as long with five and seven. And uh, it didn't look like we'd be right about much this season after our early predictions. But uh, myself and Kevin Delory of the New York Rangers blog finally got something right with the Rangers and Flyers meeting in the first round. And he joins me today to preview this, uh, what should be an epic series Kevin, how's it going today? Good, man. Good. Yeah, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So, yeah, finally, <laughs> finally got one right there. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, we talked about this going in and how exciting it would be if the Rangers and Flyers uh, were to meet in the playoffs. It seemed like over the last month, uh, month plus, we were destined for it to happen. Um, now they are finally meeting for the first time since the Rangers conference finals run uh, back in 97. And to me, it seems like this is the better opponent for the Rangers. You know, a lot of people probably would have wished for the Blue Jackets given their playoff inexperience. Uh, but but this, the way they're built, the style of hockey they play, I think would have, you know, sort of been detrimental to the Rangers playoff run in the same way that the Devils ha- have been in the past. It seems like the Flyers were the right choice here. Yeah, I, you know what? I think both teams present a bit of an issue. Yeah, I think that I, I agree that the Flyers were, were the better team to play. I think the Rangers are more familiar with the Flyers. I think they're more confident playing the Flyers as well. I mean, they've they've really beat up on them the last couple of years, so they know them real well. Um, the, the Blue Jackets really play a real scrappy game. I mean, they're almost very similar to the 2011-12 Rangers. Um, who who can, who aren't the most talented team, but they they'll outwork you. Um, I'm not so sure the Flyers, you know, it can do that. So that they'll outwork, you know, the Rangers. So I agree that uh, you know the Flyers are the better team. I, I think the Blue Jackets are better in goal as well. Um, and and in the playoffs, you get a hot goaltender. I mean, he could take you, you know, through you know at least the conference finals. So. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, the Flyers were the the better team for the Rangers to uh, to have. And I, I tell you what, just the the way that the playoffs are set up, uh, you know, for the Rangers in the new format. I mean, they've really you know lucked out here, where you know they don't have to see the Bruins until the conference finals, and that that's huge for them. I think that's the one, the only team I I really don't think that you know man to man. I would say that the Rangers can't beat. Um, you know, in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, they play a team, you know, they're familiar with and confident against the Flyers, and now they don't have to worry about the Bruins until the Conference Finals, you know, if they're lucky enough to get there. Well, before we get into the Rangers, then I guess uh, sort of around the league, at least in the Eastern Conference, you mentioned the Bruins and how they look to be destined to to go back to the Cup uh, the way they were last year, the way they were three years ago when they won it. Uh, For them, it seems like they got the worst possible team for them in the Red Wings, who uh, own the season series advantage over them 3-1. to And, uh, you know, this thing couldn't have worked out better for the Rangers. I mean, when we go back to to the run they went on two years ago when they eventually lost the conference final to the uh, Devils, I remember talking about how everything sort of broke right for the Rangers in that postseason in that, you know, they played Ottawa, they played Washington, um, and, and Philly and Pittsburgh both got knocked out before they could see, and Boston got knocked out by Washington. Uh, they sort of got a New York Giants-like path to what would have been a Stanley Cup Finals appearance, and now it seems like things might be working in their favor again. Uh, with a team like Boston getting Detroit, they could possibly be out if the Rangers were to advance, even before the Rangers see them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, every team in the East has to be smiling with that first-round matchup. And if they are able to get through that, I mean, you know, they have 
a very good either Tampa team or, or you know Canadian team waiting for them. I think it'll probably be Montreal only because with the Bishop injury and everything that went on with Malone with the cocaine and the DUI or whatever he had. I mean, that could really rattle a team. So, you know, get through Detroit if they're lucky enough. Then they get a, they're just going to have an all-out war, you would think, with, with the Canadians. So if they're lucky to get through that gauntlet, you know, they're going to be beat up, you know, if the Rangers, you know, we're just assuming the Rangers are going to be in the conference finals. But, um, you know, if the Bruins are lucky enough to get there, I think they're going to get beat up and they're going to be, uh, they're going to be beat up and, and definitely susceptible. And then even they're taking a step further, and I hate to even be like talking Stanley Cup finals, but you look at the West and the West is, in my opinion, much better talent-wise than the East. I mean, you look at some of the matchups that they have out there, and again, the team that makes it through the West is most likely going to be just battered and beaten up as well. And I think an East team, whoever comes out, hopefully the Rangers, you know, is going to have a real legit chance against that West team because they are going to have gone through, you know, so many good teams and, and have had so many battles, uh, you know, in the three rounds uh, to get to that point. Well, we opened and you said uh, about the hot goalie and the reason you wouldn't want to face Columbus over Philly. And the hot goalie comes, uh, of course, with the Rangers, their biggest asset, Henrik Lundqvist, who has been criticized for his uh, postseason play over his over his uh, career with the Rangers. And the fact is, it's it's really nonsensical to criticize him for his postseason play because he's just been just as good as he has been in the regular season. The Rangers just have an even harder time scoring goals in the postseason than they do in the regular season. And that's sure to start up right away, depending on you know what happens on. Thursday night, what happens on Eastern Sunday in these first two games, and uh, really at this point for Henrik, it seems like no matter what he does in the playoffs, where he can you know give up one goal every game and they can lose one nothing every game, he's still going to get you know take the heat for playoff exits. It seems like at this point, no matter what happens, if it doesn't end in a, in a cup appearance, it's not good enough. Well, listen, I, I'm going to preference this by saying you know Lundqvist has, has been a proven playoff performer. You know he proved that in in during the you know 2012 playoffs and. And and the biggest problem with the Rangers over the years during, you know, the Henrik Lundqvist era has been, you know, the goal scoring in the playoffs. I mean, they just cannot score. I mean, you know, last year, you know, it was sort of, uh, you know, in that Bruins series, you know, they took it to another, another level with their power play, utility, you know, and everything gone. So Lundqvist, at the end of the day, you know, just looking at it, has not been a problem with this team. Having said that, you know, he has yet to steal them a series um, against a better team. You know, even in that run, you know, that they had a couple of years ago, you mentioned the teams they played. I mean, they beat, beat an eight seed, they beat a seven seed, and then they lost to a six seed. You know, and any time that they've come up against, you know, take away their wins against, you know, the you know sacrificial lamb from the Southeast Conference that the Rangers luckily usually get paired up with in the first round over the years, whether it was the Thrashers, or the Capitals, you know, when they came up against that better team, you know, whether it was Pittsburgh or Buffalo, um, you know, and then again the Devils a couple of years ago, you know, he was never able to sort of put the team on his back and get them through that. And again, you know, a lot of that had to do with the scoring, but, you know, he's never been able to, to get, you know, the Rangers past that team that, that on paper is better than them. So, yeah, I, I think that this is a big year for him in the playoffs, a big year for his legacy um, you know, in that, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, the playoffs are sort of set up for a nice little run for the Rangers here. So I think anything less, 
you know, then at least a conf- another conference final appearance it will be a bit of a disappointment considering how the season ended for the Rangers on, on such a high note, um, you know, from the end of December, you know, through the end to the end of the season. I mean, they were one of the better teams in the NHL. So, you know, to go out in the first round or, you know, even the second round, in my opinion, would be a big disappointment for this team and, you know, and for Lundqvist. Well, if you look at his season, if you go back to early on when he was playing poorly, then he was injured, then there was the contract extension talks and, uh, you know, sort of the pressure around that and the attention around that. But really, over the last few months, he's been just as good, if not better, than he's ever been in his career, um, even going back two years ago when he won the Vesna. So it seems to me like he's as hot right now as any goalie in the league, and he's set up nicely to have this postseason that we've been waiting for to maybe, you know, put up consecutive shutouts or string along um, a few wins just for the Rangers to get going in the first round if the scoring isn't there the way it has been in the past. So, I mean, when you look at the, look at him right now, can you remember a better time for him, maybe except for two years ago when he's been this hot heading into the playoffs? Yeah, no, I mean, he is definitely on his game right now, um, you know, which is why, you know, I, I feel real good about the Rangers, you know, chances beyond just the way that the schedule is sort of set up for them. Um, you know, he is, you know, right now one of the best goaltenders, if not, you know, the best goaltender in NHL. I mean, you could point to other goaltenders maybe having better statistical seasons, but, it, you know, pound for pound, dollar for dollar, you know, he, I'd, I'd pick him over any goaltender in the league. I mean, maybe that's because we get to see him, you know, night after night and see, you know, uh, what he's capable of. But, uh, you know, he, he will give them a chance every night. Um, so if the Rangers can, can find that goal scoring, Martin St. Louis, we brought him here to score goals, you know, Rick Nash, if these guys can, can get that timely scoring, you know, I, I have full confidence that, that Lundqvist will, you know, hold up his end of the bargain. Um, and, and, uh, you know, like I said, I feel good about the team. I mean, for such, for such a roller coaster season, um, that this team had, you know, they, I think a lot of Ranger fans are on a, on a high right now, really really high on this team and, 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 you know, have have pretty lofty expectations for them in the playoffs right now. With the scoring, and uh, especially in the Buffalo game when you when St. Louis was finally paired with Nash um, for uh, what was, I believe, the second time since he's been traded that, that the two were put together, um, and they lead to that game-winning goal, that beautiful goal, the pass from St. Louis to Nash. Uh, and it just seemed to me like all along, I, I thought when he came over he'd be playing with Nash. It just made the most sense. And I know Vigneault's gotten sort of a little line change happy over the last few weeks, uh, reminiscent of what John Tortorella used to do. But if these two do play together in Game 1, if they do stay together throughout the series or throughout the playoffs it seems like it's been long overdue and only made the most sense and you know I know you want to have balance you might not want to have your best playmaker with your best scorer but uh it just seems like it had to happen and now is the right time yeah I don't think Vigneault had had you know much of a choice there I think he had to you know put them together you know he tried St. Louis with Richards which was sort of a disaster I mean Richards just uh, he just doesn't you know doesn't have it right now. He I, he had a, a bounce back season. Don't get me wrong, but you know he just can't keep up with with St. Louis. And um, yeah, I, I you know I thought it was a good decision to put them. Does it make them a little top heavy? Probably. Um, you know that third line. I you know I'm worried about a little bit with with Richard Taglin and Fast. I guess is or Fast. I, I think they're going to start with with that as you know in game one, but. Uh, yeah, really. If if St. Louis can can get back to the guy we all know he can be, 
Um, and, and Nash, you know, finally steps up in the postseason. We're not going to have to worry about maybe not having the third line as, as potent as, as we like it to be. Um, so yeah, I, I'm expecting big things from them. I mean, this is the time, you know, this is the time for your money players. I mean, it's time for these guys, you know, to step up. St. Louis has been here, you know, here for, you know, a couple months now. It's, you know, uh, it's time for him to, to step up his game. He knows his surroundings. You know, he should be comfortable now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's time to, uh, you know, put up. Well, last year in the playoffs, it was the defense, which has uh, sort of been the Rangers' go-to. Uh, most of uh, you know the, the post-Yager, post-Neilander, post-Straka era, it was the defense that let them down, especially in the Boston series. It was just a train wreck, uh, mostly in front of Lundqvist, mostly because uh, so many goals were going in off Rangers defensemen. And uh, now, you, now you look at what the situation is this year with McDonough returning for the playoffs, which sort of became a necessity because of how well he played and, and the role he's taken and how he stepped up his game over the course this year and sort of become a top tier defenseman in the league. What happens, you know, with the rotation of six defensemen now that it seems like everyone's back, everyone's healthy? Who's going to be the odd man out? Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I mean, it's not something you want to complain about going into the playoffs having defensive depth. I mean, it's great. I mean, last year, uh, you know, I think Hammerlick was our defensive depth. You know, so to have you know your bottom, you know, the five, six, and seven guys being, you know. Uh, more Klein and Diaz. I mean, that, that's a great problem to have. I mean, from practice today, it looks like Diaz is going to be the odd man out. Um, you know, he was skating with Falk, Justin Falk, um, you know, on the fourth defensive pair. So, you know, I, I think he'll be the odd man out at least, you know, initially. But, you know, if, if someone like, you know, more struggles or Klein has a bad game or even Strawman, I know you had the same sentiment towards Strawman that I do. <laughs> um, so, you know, if, if one of those three struggles, I don't think uh, Vignola has any problem, you know, pulling them out and have confidence to go with Diaz, who's been very impressive since uh, McDonough has gone down. He's, bring, he's brought some offense. Um, you know, out there, he's, 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 uh, you know, been one of the few bright spots on the power play, which has been a disaster lately. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a good problem to have. It's great to have McDonough back, obviously. You know, he says he's a hundred percent. Who knows if that's true or not? I mean, they're never going to say, you know, they're not going to say whether he is or he's not. Uh, I mean, they're not going to say he's not. I mean, they didn't say he is. Um, you know, they're not going to tell the, Flyers like, oh, I'm still hurting. I mean, they're going to target him even more than they already are if they know he's still injured. Um, but, yeah, I feel good about the defensive core. I think they were one of the top, you know, units, you know, in the NHL coming down the stretch. Um, so I, I feel good, you know, that they'll be able to match up against the Flyers' top guns, you know, Drew, uh, Hartnell Simmons, those type of guys. I, I think if you put – if you're able to put uh, – you know, McDonough and Girardi on those guys, I, I think he'll be able to, keep, you know, keep them at bay. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, while they have them shut down, the Rangers' uh, offensive and, and skilled players can do their thing in the offensive end. When you look back to uh, the beginning of the year in October and the disaster the season got off to on the uh, you know third consecutive uh, extended road trip to open the season, and then and then the ups and downs and, and the players learning Vigneault's system and you know him trying to bring a more offensive minded approach here than what we saw during the Tortorella era. Um, 
I, I think, you know, overall, you, you can't have asked for a better performance from Vigneault as a coach and, and for the Rangers under him in their first year, you know, coming in second in the division only to the Penguins is, is certainly, you know, nothing to be uh, upset about. Um, but for grading-wise, you know, for how he did this year uh, c- compared to what Tortorella did in the past since, you know, whatever the circus going on in Vancouver is, you know, is it going to be what happens in the playoffs that ultimately ultimately determines how Vigneault's success or, or failure is determined in his first season with the Rangers? I think so. I think playoff success is always, you know, big uh, when you're looking at, you know, anyone's performance. Um, you know, it's still not it's not going to take away from, you know, what a great job he did this season. You know, and, and you know, Ranger fans have really done a 180 on him. I mean, earlier in the year, you know, it, it seemed as though, you know, he was very aloof and, you know, just sort of sat back and wasn't very passionate and where's the emotion, you know, but really that, that lack of emotion and, and that lack of passion that we were criticizing him for was really he was just displaying calmness. Um, you know, while the Rangers were sort of sputtering and it seemed like the season was being, you know, flushed down the toilet, you know, he didn't panic. Um, he didn't make, you know, ridiculous moves. He wasn't calling players out in the media like their previous coach did and, and probably would have done um, if the season started that way under Tortorella. So, you know, I think that the team sort of took that persona of their coach, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, they continued to work through it. Um, you know, they didn't uh, sort of, you know, lose, you know, track of what their goal was. They kept to the game plan. Um, and, and it, and it worked out. I mean, eventually they were able to figure out, you know, Vigneault's system. I think he made some tweaks along the way, which were very helpful to the team. I, I think he saw that, you know, some of his defensive systems just weren't working. So again, he tailored it more towards what worked for a guy like Girardi. And, uh, you saw, you saw his performance turn around drastically. I mean, and again, I hate to keep criticizing, you know, Tortorella, but, you know, that was the biggest problem he had. He wouldn't tinker with what wasn't working. He would say, this is my way, and he would expect the players um, to sort of figure it out instead of uh, changing his game plan to what, you know, molded and, and fit fit his players. So, you know, on that end, it was, listen, it's just, it was a successful season, um, you know, no matter what they do in the playoffs. But I, I think, you know, to really, you know, I'll give him, you know, if you want to throw grades out there, B plus right now. But if he wants to bring it up to an A, you know, he, you know, we need a little playoff success here, which was a, a bit of a wrap on Vigneault, whether it was deserving or not. Obviously, he took the Canucks to a, a game seven um, of the Stanley Cup finals. You know, he did lose that game seven in his own building. Um, but, you know, and then he had some, some first round exits there shortly after, and the, you know, the following two years you know, with some, with some pretty good teams. So uh, I'd like to see, you know, uh, again, you know, I don't want to put a litmus test out there for him to go, he's <laughs> got to get to the conference finals. But, you know, I, I at least want to see a nice little run from him to say, yeah, you know, this was a great first season. You couldn't ask for more from, from Vigneault. Well, with this first round comes sort of an odd schedule, and I understand that the NHL is the entertainment business, and through entertainment you sort of need, uh, obviously, TV ratings to do well. But the, the scheduling of this series, a game one on Thursday night, 
Game two now Sunday, so they got two days off in between um, the 12 o'clock start on Easter, which is just odd, and then they play on Tuesday. Then they have a couple more days off. They play on Friday. Then they have the regular one day off to play on Sunday. But if this season or if this series, you know, lasts longer than a sweep either way, it goes five, six, seven. We're looking at. The last three games, uh, the crucial games over the span of four nights, so three games and four nights with six and seven uh, consecutive nights, uh, you know, is this the worst possible schedule we could have seen for Rangers Flyers? Um, yeah, I guess. But you know what? I, I, the only people I hear complaining about it are, like, the media types. You know, I heard one player complain about, unless I missed it, um, about the <laughs> schedule. The playoffs are a grind. You know, it, it's going to be tough no matter what. Yeah, do you not want to play three games in four nights, uh, you know, towards the end of a series? Yeah, but you know what? You know, suck it up. Both teams have to do it. Um, you know, it's, every team who's going through the playoffs is going to have a tough time, tough games. You know, teams are going to go into double overtime, you know, maybe have multiple overtime games in series while another group doesn't, you know, a series ends up in four games. You know, but to me, that's just, you know, uh, complaining when you don't need to complain. It's the way it's set up. You know, you deal with it and you move on. I, I, I don't know. I hate to see people complaining about the schedule before. You know, teams are even playing with it. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I'm more upset, to be honest, that there's two days in between games early on. I, I want to get this. I want to get this <laughs> series going. I mean, think about I mean. I, I don't know. I, I'd love a quick turn. If you're a player and say you lose the game six or you win, you know, even if you win the game six, quick turnaround the next day, I think a lot of teams want that. So you're not waiting an extra day or maybe even two days where you're sitting around, you're reading all the stories about the series, the pressure builds. It's sort of like, boom, turn around, play a game seven, and let's just get at it. So, you know, I don't see it as being that much of a detriment. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to ruin them for the rest of the playoffs if it goes sad. You know, come on. It's it's the playoffs. It's it's a grind. Everybody's going to be tired, and, and you know, uh, they'll have a number of games off probably between series anyway to recoup. So, uh, to me, and maybe I'll, I'm the only person who feels this way, but I, I'm not I'm not concerned about that right now. Well, I agree with you on the wait early on because it's it's sort of like uh, what baseball does with their schedule where we have opening day and then they have the day off and the event that opening day gets rained out has to be pushed back. So, you know, you wait six months and then there's a game and then you have a day off. It's just sort of a letdown after it. And, you know, when you play an 82-game season over the course of six-plus months and you wait for the playoffs and, and everything during the regular season builds the playoffs, then you have a game on Thursday night. You don't play again until Sunday afternoon. It does sort of seem like, uh, you know, like a tease almost. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the stops and starts, I mean, it's it may be hard to gain any type of, like, yeah, momentum with the series where, you know, if everyone finally gets into it at game one, it's like, all right, what's game two? It's like, wait, Sunday? You know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it, it could hurt some of the momentum of the series. Um, but having said that, it is Rangers Flyers, so I, I think people are, are pretty fired up, you know, for this one, and... uh you know, even if it's a game every week, you know, I think everybody will be uh, just as into it. So, you know, it is what it is, and uh, yeah, you just got to take, you know, take it as it comes. Seems like Rangers fans, for the most part, are pretty confident about this series, pretty confident uh, overall about this team right now, and I guess rightfully so because of the way they played over the last, uh, you know, a couple months here, especially since the trade deadline. But 
it also seems like a lot of people in the hockey world are high on the Rangers, and this sort of happened last year uh, when they played the Bruins and everyone was picking the Rangers and, and everyone was picking the Rangers uh, in six games, seven games, and they got embarrassed. And the Rangers seem to be one of those teams where the, the moment there's expectations around them, they don't perform well. And I think we're we're sort of seeing that here. That's the only thing that's scaring me is that you know so many people are back in this team and so many people are high on them that it could turn into those things, one of those, you know, be careful what you wish for scenarios and that everyone wanted to play the Flyers and now here they are. Yeah, it's like the kiss of death once, you know, the media, especially for the Rangers, it's sort of like the Giants and you mentioned, mentioned the Giants as well. The two of these teams more than any other, at least in the New York area, when, when everybody's on them and, uh, oh, they're going to have this great season right down the toilet, but when they have zero expectations is when they surprise. So, yeah, it's even like today when, you know, they're talking about Steve Mason going down with the injury, like, oh, goodness, you're going to have Ray Emery in there. He'll probably be, be a like sweep. G- and have you seen Ray Emery's numbers against the Rangers? He's phenomenal <laughs> against the Rangers. His numbers are ridiculous. So, again, you better watch what you wish for. You know, I, I, it's Rangers, Flyers, anything can happen. You know, the Flyers have basically had the same sort of trajectory this, this season as, as the Rangers. Started off real slow. Obviously, they fired LaViolette, uh, brought in Baruby, and, and they sort of, uh, you know, started coming at it towards the end of the season where they really got on a roll the same way the Rangers did. Uh, you didn't think this team had a prayer of making the playoffs, you know, in, in uh, November, but... Um, you know, they're, they're a strong team. They're a scary team. They're a, a physical team. And, you know, they're going to look to dominate the Rangers physically. I think the biggest mistake that the Rangers can make in this series is, is if they try to match the Flyers physically. That's just not their game. You know, it's basically they're going to be, you know, getting away from what's worked, getting away from what's worked for them all season. You know, they want to, you know, get the speed game going, the skating game, the forechecking rolling four lines, um, you know, once they start getting involved with the, you know, shenanigans that the Flyers are likely going to be doing out there, you know, Hartnell's going to be getting in people's faces. Simmons is going to start, you know, pushing people around. Once the Rangers sort of fall into that trap, they're done. I mean, I think the series is over. If they think they could start trading punches or going hit for hit, I think they're just going to have to, you know, take the hits, um, you know, sort of survive some of the physical onslaughts, you know, that's going to be coming their way and, uh, you know, take advantage of some of the power plays. You know, the fly is going to give them power plays, going to get overzealous and, and, uh, the Rangers need to get that power play going. Cause I really do think that's going to be key to this series. When the Flyers try to get physical and try to get tough and, and, and take those penalties, if the Rangers don't make them pay for that, it could be a quick series. Well, I'm pretty confident in this series. And, you know, because the Rangers have Lundqvist, because they've played so well against Philadelphia at home, because Lundqvist has played so well against Philadelphia, and because the Rangers don't seem to be rattled playing on the road and, you know, being one of the best mm-hmm. uh, road teams in the NHL if they have to go to Philly, which isn't so far away, they should be able to get the job done there too. So, you know... I really feel almost too good about this series for the Rangers' favor that I think they could get the job done at five. And, you know, even now I say that it'll probably go seven and, and be some disaster will happen in game seven. But it seems like you're also confident in this team and you're confident in them in advancing. Yeah, I feel good. I mean, the one thing, like you mentioned, game seven, I think the last three series that the Rangers have won have all gone seven games. So it's not like we're, we're used to a five-game series. I wouldn't even think that a series would go you know, that long. It is scary. I mean, it is, you know, like you just mentioned before, it is scary to see how high 
you know, Ranger fans are on this team right now. I mean, but it, it's deservingly so. I mean, this team has been very good. Uh, you know, you have a line like the Broussard, you know, Puyat Zuccarello line, which are, are, have just been like magic. You know, these guys are, um, you know, they know where each other are on the ice. It's like they're, you know, speaking their own language out there. They know where they are. They don't, you know, it, it's amazing to watch. And now if you can get that Nash St. Louis um, step on line going, you know, this team could be real dangerous offensively, which is amazing to think, you know, Rangers dangerously offensively in, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you have the fourth line, which I, I would put up against any fourth line in the league right now. I mean, they're, they're sometimes playing better than, than the Rangers third line that I mentioned earlier. I mean, uh, it seems as though when the fourth line is out there, they always have the puck in the offensive zone. They always have our four checking hard. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Rangers do have the ability to roll the four lines, which I, I think will be, um, you know, one of the big reasons why they're able to pull out this series. Whereas, you know, under Tortorella, you know, you were lucky to see him roll three lines, uh, where Vigneault won't be afraid to use all four, um, which will not only help them in this series, but if they're lucky enough to get past this series, it's going to help them in the long run where these guys aren't completely worn down, which is one of the biggest reasons that they lost to the Devils in 2012. Those guys were, were toast by that conference finals. You know, uh, McDonough and Girardi, I mean, Vigneault's going to play all six defensemen. He's not going to have, you know, there's no Stu Bickle on this team who's just going to sit, you know, the entire game and not even play. So, um, yeah, I mean, they got a real well-balanced lineup here. Um, you know, that that I think is, is going to... Is, is built for for a nice little run here in the playoffs. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks for joining me, and hopefully this this Rangers postseason lasts long enough that we get a chance to do this again. And for uh, you know, as high as we are in the Rangers, for as high as Rangers fans seem to be, you know, if uh, Thursday night ends, you know, one nothing or two nothing, Philly and the Rangers aren't able to get on the board, it will be uh, you know, code red, stage five panic for them. Oh yeah, you know we're doing a post mortem uh, <laughs> podcast next week, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, yeah I'm re- in any event, I I mean, like any Ranger fan or any Flyer fan, I'm just fired up for this series. I mean, uh, not to continue on, but um, you know, going in, into the season with the realignment and changing everything in the new playoff format, you know, I wasn't too excited about the format initially. Um, you know, I didn't like the way it was set up with the wild cards and uh, a lot of confusion with it. But, you know, you can't ask for anything more with the way the playoffs have been set up, with the teams that are in it, the matchups that are out there, not only in the Metro, but in all the divisions. Um, I, I just love what I'm seeing out there. I mean, think about that. I mean, the Rangers flies this round. It could be Penguins in the next round, you know, followed by the Bruins. I mean, those are three emotional, passion filled series in a row. I mean, I, I don't know, as a fan, how I'm going to be able to take all this, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm really pumped that, you know, this is the best time of year if you're a hockey fan, if you're lucky enough to have your team in the playoffs, and and goodness knows, as a Ranger fan, we went through, you know, some years of futility um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, so, uh, you know, really cherish these these games, and, and when it flies, and we haven't seen it since 97, uh, it's going to be fun. All right, Kevin. Thanks again. Look forward to it, and uh, you know, hopefully, we're doing this in, a, in a, you know after maybe four. Uh, I said five games, and we'll be talking Rangers Penguins. All right, buddy. Thanks.